Hello and welcome back to Business of Film. This is episode number 70. My name is Jesse Eichmann and you're listening to a crafttruck.com podcast. Today we are venturing into the unknown. Specifically, we're going to Laos and what it takes to go and shoot in a country with basically no infrastructure. Uh, we've got Mark Swinker on the show. Uh, Mark is a producer, a line producer. He is also a colleague and somebody who I've had the opportunity to work with before on a couple of productions. Uh, he is a great guy and very willing to share a lot of the information and knowledge that uh, he has come by from his travels and from uh, taking the show that we're going to get into uh, that he was a part of uh, on the road and the logistics uh, of just going somewhere where they basically have nothing. So it is, uh, it's, it's a fun ride, uh, this episode. And a little bit of a, a side note here, and I do apologize for this. Uh, it is a shorter episode today because our hard drive that we ha- have been recording all of our podcasts on, we ran out of space. And it just so happens that as I was making the segue from, uh, from talking about shooting on location shooting to going to the Cannes Film Festival because Mark also had the opportunity of having one of his films, uh, Sleeping Giant, uh, a film that he was a part of, to be invited into La Semaine de l'Architique uh, over at Cannes this past year. We were going to talk about that whole experience as well on the show. So I had recorded... Uh, basically a half an hour chatting with Mark about that experience, and now I don't have it. It's lost, and I'm really upset about that, uh, mostly because I want to share it with you. So uh, Mark will come back on the show uh, at a later date, and we will do part two of this interview, and we'll re-record that, but uh, at least so that we're able to get this part of the episode out to you today, uh, we're going to have the entire show dedicated to location shooting, but... Uh, we do reference the other film at the very top of this episode, uh, this other film that he was involved with that went to Cannes. So when you hear it, uh, you'll know why we don't get into it on this episode. Anyway, uh, a long overdrawn introduction. Uh, but Mark, if you're listening to this, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for your time. I apologize to you about losing half of the interview, uh, but we will get you back on and uh, we'll do that part again. If you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying it, technical difficulties aside, uh, please do drop us a line uh, or a note or a comment or a star or two uh, on iTunes. It really helps. We appreciate it. It's how people find us. Uh, so uh, thank you uh, ever so much uh, for your listening and, uh, and digging this pod. Okay, here we go. Uh, episode 70 with Mark Swinker. Let, let's just get going here. Just, uh, I mean, I should let the folks know who are listening to this. Uh, Mark, uh, we've known each other now for, well, it's been under, no, we've worked together on two shows and it's gone back now two or three years since I've known you. Yeah, I think we met uh, a few years ago uh, through Stephen Whitehead for something, uh, but that was very brief. But yeah, we've worked together now for at least a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the the reason why I wanted to get you on the show is, well, two reasons, and I think two things that this year happened specifically in your career that I thought would be super interesting for the folks who are listening to this uh, podcast. Uh, the first is that you took a show on the road internationally to Laos, which uh, I want to dive into. And the second is, uh, as a producer, Mark, you had your first film, in can so I, I want to hit those those two things, but maybe just very briefly, you could just tell our audience very quickly, kind of who you are and what you do. 
Okay, so uh, my name uh, is Mark Swanker. I work as an independent producer uh, in Toronto. Um, I've done about a dozen shows, including shorts. And as you mentioned, yeah, this year has been exciting. I've had uh, I had a film play at Semaine de la Critique at Cannes called uh, Sleeping Giant, and started off my year actually, like you said, in Laos, shooting an, a, a feature over there um, in uh, Vien Chen in the southern part of Laos, uh, and then about ten days in Thailand at the tail end of that shoot. Uh, it's been wild. It's been a wild year already. Cool. So just let's let's talk about the experience of bringing a show on the road. First, maybe you could just sort of uh, briefly synopsize what that show was about and why you wanted to go to Laos in the first place. Well, it's uh, it's about the, the premise is basically a field surgeon uh, is on the run, having um, committed a, a crime. So he's now running and trying to avoid the authorities through the entire country. So uh, the story was written to take place in Laos by the director uh, and writer Jamie Dagg, who had been there a bunch of times before. Um, so he wrote the story to take place there. And I mean, you can't really shoot anything else. I mean, Laos is Laos. Uh, you can't really find a, another environment like that anywhere else in the world, really. Um, so we had to take the show there. Now, it kind of got structured a little bit before me. I came on to help co-produce, line produce the shoot through production. Um, but the way uh, the show came together was uh, a, a filmmaker from Laos, her name is Maddie Doe, uh, was at Talent Lab at TIFF this year. And uh, through a connection then, uh, the two parties, Jamie and, and Maddie, met. Uh, and then they helped basically bring our show over to Laos, service the show on the ground uh, and all that. So it came out through, I guess, a, a chance meeting at TIFF. And then for me... It was just uh, an opportunity that presented itself, and I thought I'd take on the challenge. And I've shot abroad before, uh, so I'm somewhat familiar with what to expect, although things can change very quickly. But uh, I thought it'd be a lot of fun, so I, I definitely took it on. Okay, so just the, the two things that I, I think we can peel away out of that is, is you, you had a script. There was no other location that you were contemplating going to. It was always going to be Laos. So that was... Uh, I, I think that that's important there because certainly whenever you're looking at a script and you're trying to choose a place in the world, it's not like you had looked at, or, or was it that you had looked at other places, but you were hoping it to be in Laos, but it could have been somewhere else, but you wanted it to be in Laos. Or, well, uh, it's, it's almost like we did things a little backwards. There was uh, money available to make a movie, and then the movie was written to accommodate that budget, but also written uh, for Laos. So we actually, it's, it's strange. We didn't really shop the script. In fact, we had the script written uh, because there was financing in place. Go figure, huh? So, oh, seriously. So you, so you wrote the script sort of on the back of the, the idea that already had financing attached. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, and, and, and who's, uh, I know there's a couple stars or at least a star that I know of in the movie, but just who are they? Who are the, the folks that are well, top the lead, the lead is uh, Rossett Sutherland. Uh, who is also in Haina Road that's coming out this year. Um, and then uh, and he's our main star. And then we also had a, a very celebrated Thai actor. Um, I can't even begin to pronounce his name, but uh, you'll have to forgive me. But he also came up for a few days. He was in Only God Forgives, uh, among other films, one called The Last Executioner. Uh, and so those were our two, I guess, larger names on the film. Right, okay. So when, when you were then contemplating, I guess, figuring out you know, how do you put your budget together on something like this? Did you have somebody on the ground there that you were 
connecting with it. You kind of started the, the budgeting process, figuring, figuring out how much it was going to cost, figuring out where the locations were going to be. I mean, just to talk me through the process of what it was like. Because you're, yeah, you're, very... you're here in Toronto the entire time, for the most part, until you actually got on a plane to go there. Because you didn't go scout there or anything like that. So just no, kind of no. walk, walk me through... The, the you know the the guy slash producer you in this case just kind of hanging out in his pajamas in his bedroom trying to figure out how the heck do I make a movie in Laos where, where did you start in that process I think uh, the most important I think you have to have a certain attitude when you look at these things and you could try to prepare until the cows come home but the fact is is you can never be prepared enough uh, when you shoot abroad, let alone in a place like Laos, um, where there's no infrastructure. There, you know, if, if, a, if a camera had gone down, we'd, we'd have to source one out of Thailand. And even then, the power systems are different. So there's no real uh, margin for error. So I think that the first thing you have to do is basically, we, you know, you and I, we've worked together here, and, and the shows are structured in a certain way uh, with, you know, this union, that union, whatever it might be. And there are certain expectations that people have when they work on a film. I think the most important thing when you shoot uh, abroad is, and again, specifically in a place like Laos, is you kind of have to you have to forget all those expect, expectations. You have to roll with it, and you can't you can't go to you, you can't structure the show basically there the same way you would here. Um, so for me, you were saying, what am how am I, you know sitting at home? How am I going to prepare a show in Laos? In your basically, pajamas. I, in my pajamas, of course. Yeah. Basically, I went uh, I went. Uh, six weeks out before I went to Cameron and just did everything I could on the ground with my colleague uh, Nick um, who's the main producer on the show and we basically just, there were eight of us uh, in a first wave that came over and then the other four came uh, but backing up a little bit, the director of photography and the director had scouted for a few weeks in Laos before, you know, at the end of last year, before anybody got there. So they did have an idea of where they wanted to shoot. Now a lot of that changed when we got there um, for many reasons, uh, including, you know, permits, uh, they have certain villages and each, like you could partition this, the Vien Chen out into these tiny little villages and each one has its own chief and so on and so forth. And, you know, one side of the world might belong to this person and the other side might belong to that person. And this person will say yes, but that person say no, you can't show this yet. Yeah, yeah. So a bunch of, you know, and, and that's kind of the thing you have to deal with there. You can't, uh, so when I structured the show, I, I'll be very honest with you. I, took, you know, the experience that I had, that I've had shooting abroad, and I sort of just went there, and frankly, I just did the best I could on the ground. Now, actually prepping the show remotely from Toronto, just can't do it. Um, the time difference complicates things. It's a full 12 hours. Um, but you just, there's, you know, you have to, you have to be there. You have to, in order to actually put a show together, you can't, you can't crew a show from Canada uh, out of Laos. Um, you can't, you know, the, even the accommodations, you know, like we had to be there uh, on the ground to be able to actually suss out and see what the heck we were doing, what mm -hmm. we were looking at. Um, we had a service company there that did help us, um, but they were very green. And frankly, there's there's no film infrastructure in Laos, in Vientiane. So um, this was sort of their first film as well. And I think that this is the largest film that they've done. So we were sort of all trying to figure things out at the same time. Uh, and they were great at holding our hand when it came to language barriers and, you know, uh, clean food, for instance. You'd be surprised how often food is an issue uh, when you shoot in Southeast Asia. So uh, um, how did you have any confidence that the, the budget parameters that you had set out for yourself uh, would even be able to be real? I mean, were you, were you sending a budget back and forth with uh, the person who was on the ground in Laos? 
just to get some ballpark idea of crew rates or the cost of food or the cost of bringing in some of your your gear from from Thailand was any of that stuff things that you were just trying to figure out in advance just so that you had some comfort that you could get the job done for the money that you had available uh, we did. We sent a, uh, a budget out to, uh, or had the show budgeted out of Laos and out of Thailand to our, uh, from our uh, two different uh, production services companies. Um, and then we had our budget. And frankly, um, the budget on their end, uh, it was, let's call it, it was a little bit fluid um, because, you know, you spend all, we, we talk, I mean, this, 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 this common uh, discussion in Canada about, or at least in my, with my peers, about always shooting abroad because you get so much more for so much less. And, you know, people want to go to Thailand for that reason. And, and you know, part of what our, our reasoning to shoot in Laos was, again, it was, you know, script catered towards it. But also, we figured we could go there, travel with a small crew, um, and, and, and not spend money, or not spend as much money, rather. But, yeah, well, uh, j- just, yeah, I mean, just to put a quick pause on that, I mean, the, 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 where that thinking, I think, certainly hits the high note is with the raid. I mean, everybody looks at the raid and goes, holy crap, like, look what they did with the money that they had available. And they had, like, I don't know, 50 stunt people being shot up and fired. Uh, you know, it just it was, a, it was a massive action movie, and, and you can't do that, certainly, in North America. So, um, so yeah, so the, obviously getting back to your point, which is that the underlying thinking, aside from the creative, is clearly the value proposition that, a producer or filmmaker would think that they would get out of these territories for sure. So sorry, I cut you off there. No, 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 you're absolutely right. And I think that the raid that was Indonesian, I think that started a trend or it's continued a trend of filmmakers, North American filmmakers going to that part of the world uh, to try to maximize their dollar, frankly. I mean, you, the raid's a great example. Think of the stunt budget alone on that film. That would like that. That would be just imagine shooting the raid in Toronto. It would be it'd be massive. Um, but you can do it over there. And so I think, you know, River was sort of done in the same vein. In fact, I'm trying to structure another show uh, to shoot in Indonesia as well, out of Japan, uh, all for the same reasons, but also the setting calls for it, too. I think that there's a, a big, you know, you have a lot needs to be said about the setting. But anyhow, so um, as far as the budget goes, though, um, we, I, I, Jesse, I don't really know how else to put it. We just, it was just sort of a shot in the dark. We just, we went there somewhat blind. Uh, and hope for the best. And that's kind of the same attitude uh, my colleagues Aaron Yeager, Steve White, and I had when we shot A People Encounter. We were 26, 27 years old, uh, six of us driving through nine countries in Eastern Europe. And I just don't really know how you can properly prepare for something like that. Um, I, my attitude has always just been go and, and prepare as much as you can, of course, but uh, just sort of roll with it. No, it, it sounds like you had an outside idea, sort of what it was going to be, and then you got on the ground there and refined it as you went. Um, did, what What were some of the big surprises? Just so once you once you hit the ground, I mean, what were the first sort of big surprises that just hit you guys? And were like, holy shit, we we have to manage this problem. Um, well, the language barrier was a huge issue. Um, you know, few, not many people can speak English. People can speak French uh, in Laos, but. Uh, the language barrier proposed proposed massive issues for us, uh, and that was evident right from you know from, from the beginning. Uh, and also, I think just not having an infrastructure and knowing that you know we we, we had a, a scene where a taxi driver hits a pedestrian, the pedestrian rolls over and cracks the windshield. Where are you going to get a, a stunt wind, or a windshield of candy glass? Where, like you can't get that stuff there. Do you know what I mean? So so what did you do? Knew, <laughs> pardon me. So what did you do? 
Uh, well, we just, you, <laughs> we, just <laughs> the, the, we had a, a really phenomenal stunt team from Thailand come up and uh-huh, uh, okay. they, they, they just, we just, we did the stunt as with the normal car. Right. Um, but anyhow, so we, uh, yeah, so shooting there, you, you, there's, there's no real margin for error. You know, like I said, if a camera goes down, that's it. Um, crew i mean finding crew is a huge challenge there you can get people you can get support uh, supporting crew but you're not going to find any key creatives uh or, or art directors anybody like that that's going to be able to do to work on the show because they've there there's no filmmaking community there it doesn't it's meaningless it, it means nothing to them there's no there's no real school um the production services company that we were with this was essentially this was their first film as well so we're almost trailblazing filmmaking in Laos and it's interesting since then we've had a few people ask us what our experiences were like because they too now want to bring a show over to Laos um, well I, I think like, the reason why I'm asking you this question is because I mean look there's a lot of filmmakers now this is you know we're, we're, we're speaking globally here we have audience listening to this podcast all around the world and you know those those folks who are listening to this podcast uh, you know, they're they're asking those same questions, and certainly with you know the democratization of just being able to film anything you want on any medium you want for you know what seems like pennies now as compared to what it used to be. If, you know, just to be able to go out there and tell a story, well, you can get on a plane and go any, in, anywhere in the world and shoot these things. Uh, and so, I the reason why I'm kind of digging into this stuff is I, I just think this is uh, these are the kind of questions that any filmmaker really is asking of themselves when they're thinking about where they can shoot their film, assuming, of course, it's not some, like, quote-unquote, North American or European generic city. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, so okay, so, so you're there, and you, you brought all your gear in from, uh, from Thailand. They, they had all the, all the gearing needs that you needed? Yeah, well, see, and, um, Thailand has a really great uh, industry, and they have anything and anything you need to make a film. So, uh, for, you know, prosthetics came in from Thailand. We had a huge package truck uh, drive uh, across the border, which was another whole issue, um, into Laos for us, and that was our, our gear truck for the trip, uh, for the shoot, rather. And, yeah, and if anything happened to our cameras and so on, so we could always just uh, source them out of Thailand. Um, but uh, you were making just a comment about, you know, filmmaking being very fluid and you can sort of just get up and go and shoot wherever you want. And I think you're absolutely right. That is true. But I think that it you have to be very aware of, of there's still a, there's a massive cost associated with filming anywhere else but home, it seems. Um, you know, the, the money, I think that a huge, and we're always talking about us indie filmmakers, put as much money as you can in front of the camera. And, you know, shooting in Laos offers really tremendous production value. But it's, it always hurts me when I look at the budget and I see how, especially on the traveling show, how much of that money, uh, despite where you're filming, is being lost behind the camera. Um, and it always, inevitably, it seems, it always ends up being more expensive than I ever thought it would be uh, uh, at the beginning. I always find that, uh, and even Laos is no different. Um, Laos is no different. You might save in one area in Laos, but you're overspending in another. And I think that the travel logistics are a huge, huge, huge part of that. Um, so I think it's always it's, it's always worth considering um, the destination you're filming in uh, against, you know, how much more is it costing you to be there? Are you really getting that? Because we could, I guess, we could potentially have cheated some of the Laos stuff in Thailand or maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe not so much in Thailand, but... 
the cost of so what I guess the larger point that I'm making is that the travel traveling and shooting is great and all that, but I've just noticed that the cost uh, associated to the traveling, uh, especially on a crew of fifteen plus, is just it's massive. It's massive. So a, a crew of fifteen that you were traveling in. So you you were traveling yeah, from North America, fifteen people there, and how many locals did you hire? Oh, uh, probably about twenty. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and this doesn't count actors either. Right. Um, we have to, you know, add actors on top of that. Um, but I will say, you know, our experience is filming here, and we have to deal with with unions such as Actra and all those other guys. Um, and I think that they're they're as great as they are. They can also handicap a film in many ways, depending on the kind of budget you have. And when you shoot in a place like Laos or Thailand, it's it's wonderful not having to deal with that. So speaking, like again. Uh, um, shooting on the ground there it's great to not have to worry about any of that kind of stuff that that sits behind every production uh most you know canadian production well a- any production that has to deal with any kind of union any, obligations. yeah exactly any so i mean I, so so that that was it's so that was a, that part of it was always was very enjoyable but then you you know you 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 don't have to deal with that, but tr- but then you know shooting on location, you have to deal with a myriad of other things. Yeah, it's a whole uh, other. That come up all the time. Yeah, sound, but it sounds like it was a really awesome experience for you. It sounds like you took a tremendous amount from that, and you're planning on going back, not necessarily to there, but somewhere else in in that region of the world to try and do more filmmaking. So I think as you go and do it, you certainly clearly have gained a confidence and a willingness to go back and do it again. It sounds like. Yeah, well, I filmed in Laos, uh, Thailand twice, and I, I, at the end of the day, the experiences have been tremendous. Um, and, uh, so I, I'm, I, I don't want to make any disparaging remarks about filming there. I still think filming there is a, a, the opportunity of a lifetime, the experience of a lifetime. Um, uh, I just, I just, I just want to be, you know, just make make it clear that, you know, filming in, in, in places like that, you know, there's, I guess what it really comes down to is just not having an industry there or an infrastructure and right. how every day one thing could, you know, the whole ship could fall apart with one, like one little thing going wrong that otherwise you could easily fix if you were to film in a place like Bangkok or Toronto or LA or New York or wherever. That's super cool, man. That is just, it's, it's an awesome experience. Um, that's just, that's, well, I mean, thank you for sharing all that, all that information. That, that's really, really cool. All right. That's where we left off here with this episode uh, with Mark. Again, Mark, sorry for losing part of that interview. We will get you back on and uh, talk about those experiences that you had with your film at the Cannes International Film Festival. And uh, thank you, uh, everyone who listened to this episode and is digging it. So we'll be back soon. Uh, Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you next week on The Business of Film.